0: 0818 715 925. Oliver Callan on RTE Radio 1.
1: And you're very welcome back again Our next guest is in studio Dana Masters Good morning to you
0: Good morning Oliver
1: Dana is a singer From South Carolina And uh, the family Have a storied involvement In the fight for civil rights In America Which we're going to get straight to But you now call Northern Ireland Your home Are you Absolutely Antrim or County Down I was asking County Down You are County Down So you're (laughs) looking at the Mourns
0: I am I actually live in the Foothills of the Mourns And it is wonderful I love it
1: And is jazz singer Is that the best way To describe Yeah like a jazz
0: soul singer Yeah
1: You are everything I I would I hope for an aja so as you- he <laughs> glided into the room and uh, amazing beautifully turned out uh, like ready for the stage uh, I'm so glad 10 I fooled
0: you it's working <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you started a new job yourself by the way have you ever <laughs> I, started a new job and had a kind of a strange day
0: do you know when is the last time I had a, a real I say real job
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a funny entertainment I know not, not a gig we're, we're
0: so spoiled our, our job is so weird I think every day is a new job every time yeah. like I walk in here here and i'm meeting you know temporary colleagues for the first time. So i think there's a, there's a the part of being a singer where you the whole thing is always a new job,
1: you know. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm curious though, because you've been in the north now quite a uh, quite a while. Yeah,
0: 15 years.
1: It's a strong accent up there and hasn't
0: oh my gosh. Gone in. and i cannot do a northern irish accent to some other. I can say certain words. Yeah. Um, you know, like my kids they say eat Eight. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it, and and I yep. go. I think the it's eight or they used to say because we live in the middle of nowhere, so a little bit of a country accent. They would say up the stars, <laughs> right and up the stars. I go. I think you mean stairs, darling.
1: <laughs> uh, you have two two kids then. No, I have three. You have three kids of all strong northern accents.
0: Strong northern Irish wow. accents, yeah.
1: So your husband and you, you met in you met in LA. Well, you met it? in LA. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't think we really understood each other um, in the beginning, which is probably why we fell in love. Like neither one of us knew what the other was saying. It was an air of mystery.
1: Love at first misunderstanding. That's (laughs) right.
0: That's right.
1: And uh, he's from the North. And um, why did you decide to go here and, and not settle where you were from?
0: Do you know, it's so funny, people ask me that all the time, and they always say, if you could live anywhere in the world you want to live, where would you live? And I'm like, I can live anywhere in the world. I'm living where I want to live. There were a lot of reasons. Uh, I think we were, I was young, I was in my early 20s, and I was up for an adventure. And then we moved here, and I just fell in love with the place. I fell in love with this whole island. It's a really really good place to live a life, I think, especially in my, in this industry, Mm-hmm. I love that in Ireland, they they really, really shy away from indulging celebrity culture. Yeah. And I think for me, that's one thing I didn't love about L.A. It was just so, right, you know, it's just so. Definitely different from L.A. Yes, it's very, pre, there's a lot of pretense. Lovely people, but a lot of, everyone's performing. We're not on a stage, <laughs> but the whole of L.A. is a stage and we're performing. Whereas I feel like here in Ireland, you're known um, and it does feel like home. And so you go away, you go and do these tours, you're traveling the world, you're on stages. But when you come home, there's no pretense. There's nobody wanting you to perform for them. You're just home and everyone yeah. knows you, you know.
1: And your husband, Andrew, he's a pastor. He is, he's a minister. Is he? He's a minister. Yeah. Were you, when you met in the church in L.A., were you surprised that Northern Ireland is such a, a huge market for, it's evangelical Christian
0: yeah, it's a different thing, isn't it? Well, first of all, we were
1: <laughs> more so than the South, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. But it, as an American, I'm it's just it's
0: interesting. I think my husband, because he isn't in one of the traditional denominations, okay. um, he kind of finds it quite odd. Also, in one way, it's very religious and very conservative, but in another way, it's there's a lot of. You know, oddities, just like any anywhere else. So yes and no, I, it, it's a small place. So those kind of things tend to be normal, you know, people yeah. gathering around things like church and whatever. But
1: And singing is very important in the service, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm not really involved. I've, people can't believe it, but I actually don't sing at church. Oh,
1: really? I would. I would actually. No,
0: I'm amazed. I know it's crazy. I I love my church. I go to it. I love the people there. I'm part of the community there. But there's um, I'm pro- probably because I'm hardly ever home. To be fair, on a Sunday that I can't be counted on, <laughs> on a Sunday
1: because she is home, but the <laughs> I, Sundays are.
0: <laughs> different. Absolutely.
1: Um, you have a rich, rich family history. I do. And I gather you love talking about it because... I love it. We I are sometimes it. reluctant in Ireland to go, can we Can we talk about the race issue? Is oh, it?
0: please. I love it. I think there's so much to be learned from one another's stories and one another's cultures. And I, I always say I want people to be more curious and to indulge their curiosity. I mean, it's always a respectful way to ask. Yeah. But I'm curious about you and I want to know things and I, I want people to feel free to ask me about myself, you know.
1: So the the the, the, the it's your grandmother really is. She's yeah. the key to all this. story. Tell us the story.
0: Yeah, so my grandmother was a phenomenal woman. Now when I was growing up all I knew is that she was granny and she was like everyone else's granny. You loved her. She overfed you and that's why you loved her <laughs> and she indulged you. You never got in trouble at granny's house unless you did something really normal. But right after she scolded you, she was sweeting your sweets. It's like the normal granny thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older, I started to notice like things that weren't normal about my friends' grannies and things. So we would go to the grocery store or whatever, to the shop, and we would nip in to get bread and we would be there three hours later because people from the community would stop her and need help and they would need and she would basically be working in the aisle and I would I had this game that I played to keep myself um, entertained while Granny was working at what we called the Piggly Wiggly that's what our shop was called (laughs) the (laughs) Piggly Wiggly (laughs) And I would go get a massive bag of rice yeah. and pretend like it was my baby and walk down the aisles. And this was- This, this was, is how
1: much time you had. Yes. And I would
0: shop. tell my friends this, and this is when I started to notice, oh, my granny isn't like other grannies mm-hmm. kind of thing. But yeah, my grandmother spent her time um, working in the community doing civil rights work. She actually was a biracial, she was a biracial woman. Mm-hmm. So she, her father was a white man. Her mother was a black woman. And she grew up in a Tiny town. It would be like in rural Ireland, yeah. where that was not normal. Right. And I don't know how um, she came to decide this, but she became one of the leading civil rights activists in our states. Justice was obviously really strong in her, and she spent her life fighting for the rights of everybody around her. If anybody was being treated um, unkindly or unjustly, she went to bat for them, not just for black folks. So.
1: Uh, jo- uh, Johnny Ruth Jenkins. Mm-hmm. That was her name, and she's essentially an activist from being a child.
0: Yeah, she. I mean, she didn't know anything else. I think it didn't. It didn't run in the family. She just saw people suffering, and uh, she used. To, she started using her connections to help people out, and then she got more and more connections, and people just. Went to her hmm. until, I mean, she recently had a highway in our state named after her. Like really? it was, yeah, it was, she made a massive impact in That's our state. That's gorgeous to yeah. have for your family. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs>
1: provided the highway works well. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's <laughs> a really good way. highway. Not a lot of potholes. It's good.
1: Maybe if it doesn't work well, then you're in the traffic reports. More yeah, after,
0: you, you know, talked about it a little bit more. Johnny Ruth Jenkins. <laughs> the Johnny Ruth Jenkins Highway <laughs> is backed up this rammed morning. Rammed again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> again. Uh, but, she, but she was part of like desegregation of the schools. Well, that, how, actually,
0: she had five children and it right. was her five children that were the first children in their county, my mother included, to desegregate the school system. And when my mother did that, she was about nine years old, which is insane. She was the youngest of all of her siblings. And she went from a school where she was loved, she was known, she was well-educated, to going to the nearby white school and really being treated so badly and I think when you're a kid, you can't really cuz even though they grew up in um a very segregated society mm-hmm. because everyone was separate and in their own communities, I don't think they felt the racism as much. They were I almost see, yeah. they were almost okay. um you know padded from it a wee bit. So it wasn't until they started to cross over and desegregate things that they really practically had the presence of racism in their everyday lives in very direct ways. So I mean, like teachers calling her names, refusing to teach her, refusing to look at her. Really? Mm-hmm. Getting beat up every day at school. And my mom is just such a lovely person. And as a kid, she just was like, Can it, let's all be friends. And it was a very rude awakening for them. Mm-hmm. It was.
1: Extraordinary. What an extraordinary time for her to live through. Is your mom still alive? She is. She is. She is alive and well. She is
0: absolutely wonderful. My grandmother's five children. It's very interesting uh, because I talk about this during one of my shows. I wrote a song about this, actually. Um, Just being so as, as an adult, really being in awe of these children because they those five children were not the first and only children to do that in America. There were thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of kids. They were the only ones who could do that job of desegregating right. the school system. Like the, the adults couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. And and funny enough, they're not talked about a lot. But here you had these little innocent children. And I always say they, they didn't always, not all of them came back from that experience, okay? I see what you mean. And um, yeah. not all of my grandmother's children came back from that experience, okay? And so it was, it was really tough.
1: When do you become aware that your upbringing is, is really different from your mom's?
0: <sighs> do you know, in my family it was very open. There were, it felt like there were no secrets about that. And on one hand, my mom was really strict with like, what kind of hip hop I listened to and what kind of movies I watch. But then on the other hand, at the dinner table, there was no shielding us from the stories of the civil rights, the stories of slavery. And I mean, some of the stuff I joke with my mom, I'm like, mom, I was a kid. Why was I, why did, why was I watching The Color Purple at like 12? That's insane. <laughs> Do you know? But yeah. there was all these things. Crying I Crying your eyes out. Yes. Going, I was it's like, Traumatized. No, I think I, but so for that, I always knew that my, that I was living in privilege. I was living in privilege that my family built, that my family worked hard to give yeah. me. Um, and I always felt that very deeply and very um, thankful for that.
1: Privilege, privilege relative to what went before, isn't it? Yeah, the work still gets done. So look, let's talk about your career because um, it's it's, congratulations going extremely well. You've fantastic following on Spotify. Yeah, in particular, notice. Tell us what you've been up to over the in recent years.
0: Do you know I have? I've just finished my debut full length album that comes out in May. Um, I've just had a single come out there in January. There's another one come out in February. Good feelings. Yeah. Do you know what? It is. It feels so good when you spend so much time creating a body of work and then you start to get it out there. There's something so satisfying. It's it's terrifying, first yeah. of all, but it's also very satisfying. And I, I'm just so energized by the whole process. So I'm loving
1: it. That's brilliant. And uh, re- coming up, it's part of the David Bowie Festival, I believe, isn't yeah. it? Songs of David Bowie. That's yeah. what the... With the um, at the Board Gosh Energy yeah. Theatre, it's a February. It's all sold out. So is it sold out? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, the second, I definitely the February the tenth, because I have tickets myself. Yay! Even before he was talking <laughs> to you, uh, both days are sold out. Yes, but your album is out the third of May. Yeah, real good mood. Real good mood. That sums you up very well. <laughs> <laughs> that sums you up extraordinarily well and the uh, family very proud of you.
0: Oh uh, sure. yeah, do you know what? They're f- they're flying over here for the album launch which is really? happening on the 4th of May. And actually I have one in Dublin I think on the 9th of May I think it is. Um and the Sugar Club, but they're flying over because we all we we really do champion each other. We are really? massive supporters of each other. And so my family have always just been right there to applaud and support
1: South Carolina and the Mourn Mountains together <laughs> at last. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were all here two Christmases ago and they fell in love with the place. So they, there might be a massive like um, exodus of a bunch of black people from South Carolina <laughs> oh into the Moore Mountains soon. <laughs> They'll be
1: very welcome. And by the way, your children, they play GA, I, I gather, they? do. do they? My so boys
0: do. My boys play football for our GA club um, in Jamara.
1: Very good. They also
0: play rugby for our local rugby club in Jamore. That is the only thing that they are um, interested in. Nothing else, yeah, yeah, yeah. so everything has to be funneled through sport. You know, you can do <laughs> sport if you do this. Boring. Yeah, <laughs> everything <laughs> it's else is so boring. Exactly. You
1: uh, well, you, uh, but it sounds like you're changing the world, Dana uh, Masters. <laughs> changing the world.
0: I, w- I hope so. I wish that would be the case. Uh,
1: we're going to play a song. That's the best way to finish with you. Uh, Somebody in love. Yeah. Is what this is. This is the new.
0: Well, this is the one coming out in February. This will yeah. coming out in February. Okay, yeah. so we're getting a,
1: kind of a world exclusive here. Yeah. Dana Masters has been a pleasure. Thank you very much Thanks. for. Sharing a story, yeah. and the best of luck to you. Oh, thank and will you. we'll all see you in, in in the board Gosh in February for that Bowie concert. Uh, good morning, to you five one five five one. That's the text.
0: I feel like somebody in love. And it's true what they say about us When a sweet little voice gives you no choice Oliver Callan on RTE Radio 1